You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you today for a very special episode. Survivor Winners of War is over and done with. Can you believe it? I can't believe it at all. It just seems like yesterday we were sitting down to talk about the rumoured cast list that hadn't been officially announced but it sort of been officially announced and then we were doing other speculative episodes and all the other fun episodes that we did in the last 12 months and now we are here talking to the final three the final three of survivor winners at war season 40 we have them for you today that is right the first place getter second place getter and third place getter of an epic epic season and this is the part where i say spoilers if you have not seen the end of survivor winners at war do not listen from this point on i'm going to give you a five second warning and then i'm going to be saying who we're speaking to five four three two one danny wins guatemala Okay, now that one's done with the test that you're still on the line. We have got third place finisher Michelle Fitzgerald making her Oz Network slash Survivor Oz debut, may I say. Very excited to have someone new on the program. Second place runner-up Natalie Anderson. And of course the winner, the new king of Survivor and some might say the GOAT now, Tony Vlacos who, of course, is making his return to the show in a couple of years as well. First time in a couple of years, I should say. So, great chats here. You're going to hear them back to back to back. We're going to go from Michelle to Natalie to Tony, and I'll come back in and close off this episode with a little bit more information about another special episode we've got coming your way very, very shortly to wrap up Survivor Winners at War. But here we are, the final three of Survivor Winners at War, Michelle Fitzgerald, Natalie Anderson, and Mr. Tony Vlacos, the winner. We're having a lot of fun today speaking to the final three of Survivor Winners at War and I'm thrilled to welcome our next guest here to the program today. Finished third on the season but had a fantastic run and honestly I'm very excited to speak to her today because I've never spoken to her before. I do speak of course the one the only Miss Michelle Fitzgerald. Michelle, welcome to the Oz Network. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm it's, excited. It's a, I feel like I'm in Australia with your accent. Well, well, you, you're welcome here any time. I don't know if you've been here before, but I mean, I can go grab a kangaroo. <laughs> I can grab some fosters. I don't know. What, what do you want me to do to make it really feel more like Australia? You tell me. I'll get it for you. All right, perfect. I'll think about it, and I'll Good. let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. But, uh, I mean, congratulations on a, on a great performance this season. Obviously, uh, you know, getting right to the end. Uh, you really looked like you had a lot of fun this season. You were, you were constantly smiling. You were dancing, even when you were on the bottom. I mean, was this season just a whole bunch of fun for you second time around? I have to say this season was actually really, really hard to stay optimistic. My first season was so fun and that didn't get shown this season I was crying every single day but they but I did you know what I feel like when you're down you have to make yourself laugh and you have to you have to find fun in in places of kind of darkness and I think I did a really good job of that I embraced my small wind <laughs> well that so really showed it's pretty paranoid. I was pretty paranoid. <laughs> it, it definitely showed because uh, you know it was just it was just fantastic to kind of just see that that energy at least from from what we were, were seeing on screen. And I, I really think what was great about watching you second time around is sort of your journey. I mean, it was very early on you were sort of mentioning about how you were out there to prove that your win wasn't a fluke. That you you know you felt your win maybe wasn't ranked as highly as some of the other wins out there. So I mean, for yourself on that 
personal growth level, though? You, you've obviously come out of the game feeling a lot better, as you said in that final episode. Oh, my God. Yeah, I grew so much from this experience. I left my first season having won, but having felt like I lost. And this season, I lost and I felt like I won. So I, it's kind of wrapped up my journey in, with a beautiful bow, and I'm super, super happy about it. How is it? interacting with the fans because you do have a lot of fans out there michelle i don't know if you kind of read a lot of the comments on on social media but i i swear you probably had the most defenders out there so many people talking up your game and sort of defending you a lot throughout the season i mean do you read those comments do you sort of get these messages from the fans and kind of just adds to kind of this feeling that you said you've had coming out a second time around so exciting that I am getting some fan praise because that's exactly what hurt me last time is seeing the negativity on social media. So the outpouring of love that I've received today and yesterday and throughout this whole season has been such a 180. And every single comment, I read it, I see it, I, I like it. And yeah, it's been just so wonderful. The fans are incredible. And I'm, I'm, this is way better than the first time. Sadly, you don't walk away with some, you know, a bit more extra money this time around. But you've got the fan love, so I mean, that's kind of worth two million dollars, is it? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say it's worth two mil, but I would put it pretty out there. You know what? I already have a mil in the bank. I'm, I'm like a simple boy, so yes. I don't really need much more. And I can always use a little bit more love, so it, yeah. it works for me. Yeah, who who needs two when you've got one? That's you know that's that's still plenty more than I think a lot of us kind of will will earn <laughs> yeah, out exactly. there. Exactly, I'm not greedy. Yeah, you don't need to be greedy. Why would you do that? I mean, did you expect to get any votes at the end? Were you kind of surprised that you didn't get any votes at the end? I was not really surprised. I knew I was up against crazy competitors. I mean, Natalie got voted out day two, and spent every single advantage and totally affected the game from the other side, kept her hope alive and battled her way back in. That's an amazing story. Tony, on the other hand, fought 39 days with a huge target on his back because of the way he won his last season. And he was able to get to the end with a strong alliance, idols and fantastic gameplay. So for me going in, it really did feel more like a personal journey to me. I pretty much had already come to terms with the fact that I wasn't going to get both. I wanted to make sure that my narrative and my storyline came through so that maybe I wasn't going to get the votes, but I still wanted it to be respected because my way is still a great way of playing Survivor, and I just wanted to be appreciated for that. How do you approach that going into a final trial? I mean, you obviously won the first time around, so you are approaching both times differently. But, I mean, it must kind of it must be a weird feeling to go into that feeling the way you just said you do because I mean first time around you go in there with a different feeling you win this time around you know what it takes to win but you kind of a feeling well I'm not going to get the votes anyway I mean that must be a very odd feeling heading into that final tribal council it is really odd and I I I talk about it a lot with my castmates I talked about it a lot to Sarah um, because I felt like you know with Tony being kind of the 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 head of their alliance, like that's how it was being perceived by the jury, right? So I talked to her a lot about like, yeah, you could be doing all these moves, but if the jury is not perceiving it that way, then you're never going to get the votes at the end of the day. So I talked a lot about how it's really important to shape your own narrative so that the jury knows what you're doing and so that your story makes sense to them because they want to get behind a story where they say that person played a really 
they, they described it to me and I feel that that's a really strong game and that's worthwhile the money. You have to tell the story. So for me, I tried to tell my story in a way as best as possible and whether or not that was worthy of the $2 million, I think all you can do is tell, make sure that your story makes sense. And it can also be a lot more difficult this time around too with that jury because not only are they all former winners, they all know what it takes to get those votes like you're talking about, but also there's a there's a few more of them. <laughs> I mean, there's 16 of them uh, that time around know, compared I to, know. Uh, you know, a little bit less on Co Wrong. And what's really interesting too is that, like, I had been to most tribal councils. Coney had not met half of the cast, and unfortunately, I had a hand in voting out half of the cast before he even really had to play the game. So I had a ton of blood on my hands going into the finale. I knew that. Natalie didn't have any blood on her hands because she had been on the other side controlling the people that I voted out. So it was a little bit tricky going in, um, and I I knew it was going to be hard. And obviously somebody like Tony, who played such a strong first season, already has that accolade. And then somebody like me came in, where people didn't even think I was worthy of a winner. It's much harder to fight from that position than from Tony's position in trying to convince the jury. With that position of, of obviously how you came into this season feeling, do you take any inspiration from some former winners? Someone say like a, a, an Amber who, I mean, she obviously spoke out and said she didn't really think she deserved to win. And a lot of people still say that to this day, but she came into All-Stars with a, you know, a different target on her back compared to other players. She got to the end, she won. So, I mean, can you take inspiration from former players like that thinking, well, it's worked for them. I can play this way. I can get to the end and then, hey, I've got a good shot of winning. Absolutely. I think I, I, I think exactly what is a weakness for me is, is also a strength. So it's great that I that people don't it was great for my game that people didn't think that I deserved to win because my target was so, so much smaller. It allowed me to fly by for a lot longer than some of the bigger people that have big targets, Harvey, Boston, Rob, etc. So in one way, that's really great. But then you also have to do a lot more to be considered worthy at the end. You need bigger, bigger blindsides, bigger moves. You have kind of an uphill battle to to prove it. Um, Whereas if Boston Rob got to the end, he could have been left out of votes every single time. But the fact that he got there would have been enough to get him some votes. So what's good about what's good about my position is exactly what ended up being really bad for, for me as well. What was going through your head when Natalie decided to play that idol for herself and then ultimately kind of a mix of emotions then when Ben ends up being the one that going home? Because I'm sure at that moment you thought, shit, I'm screwed. I'm, I'm done right now. Well, what's interesting and what didn't get shown is the tribal council prior to that it was between Sarah and Denise was going to go home and we all put our votes on Denise. Basically what, what wasn't shown was that Natalie and I went to Denise and Sarah and we said, listen, like who, if we are going to save you, then we need some protection in the next vote. Sarah basically told us, if you don't vote me tonight and you vote Denise, I will be loyal to you and I will take out Ben next tribal council. So there was already that in the work. And I think Ben just gave her, Ben kind of saw the writing on the wall and gave her the piece so that she wouldn't be kind of, I think she was having a hard time with it. And he just said, okay, I'm at peace with this now and I'm okay with you sending me home. And I I think he saw the writing on the wall. Was that a surprise that Ben would do that, that deep into the game? 
I was shocked because let me tell you, I would, if I got that far in the game, you bet your ass I would never, ever <laughs> quit. <laughs> because I don't, I, even if I thought I had no shot, when you make it that far, you want to get to the end. But at the same time, if he already knew that he was going to be going home, to give Sarah a peace of mind and, and to tell her it's okay if you do this, maybe that for him was a worthwhile journey. Everybody has their own journeys in Survivor, and if that's how he wanted his to end, then so be it. It's interesting you talk up the fact about, you know, you nearly went to all tribal councils, you, you fought your way through. Um, did you think about, like, or did you, maybe it wasn't shown, appeal that side of things to someone like Denise, who, of course, on her first season went to every single tribal council and ended up winning? Because I could imagine of all the people on that jury, she's going to be the one who understands what that means, to have to go to so many tribal councils and fight your way through each one. Absolutely. And I think Denise definitely, I think Denise definitely understands my journey probably more so than anyone else to, and not only was, did I have to go to so many tribals, I also, because of that, it put me at such a disadvantage leading into the, the post-merge because everybody who I was working with, I had to betray people who I wanted to work with, Carverty and Ewell, because my hands were tied. There was nobody left. You know, so it put me all people who I wanted to work with and ultimately got voted out pre-merge. And then they never really had to go to tribal. So their alliances were still really strong. And I didn't know most of those people. So it was um, it was definitely tricky. If there's one thing that has come out of your second time around, Michelle, and I mentioned about the fan comments before, it's the amount of people that I'm seeing out there and even people who have messaged us in saying they want to see you from a third time. And this is even coming from people I know who weren't fans of yours the first time around. So you've really turned a lot of people into Michelle fans this time around. So I, I'm guessing that should that opportunity come knocking again and the third time is, is available to you, you you're going to go out there once again and, and try and get that second time win? Oh, my God. Absolutely. Listen, I want to last another 39 days, make it to the end. And this time I want a, you know, tiebreaker. I need a, I need another <laughs> W. So if Jeff calls me, I'm there. Well, one last question. I got a listener question from Deidre, uh, who who asked a question to you about how do you feel joining a very small club of multi-time players who have never been voted out? I think you're now one of only three or four who have played at least twice and never been voted out of the game. It's so crazy that yeah, it's crazy that I never got my torch stuffed. It's really insane. I don't know the sting of a blind side on, you know, getting over to edge or getting over to Ponderosa. I've always had a day 39 breakfast. I mean, I have had very blessed journey. Um, I also get to watch every single episode and be part of every single episode up until the last minute. So I am spoiled in my survivor journey and it feels incredible. Well, it's been incredible to have you on the show today, Michelle. Uh, really appreciate your time. And we, we began covering this season many, many months ago. I had two of my co-hosts on in, Rossi and Kristen, who basically spent the whole episode talking up how much they love you and how much they are fans of you. So I feel I need to end this little interview <laughs> awesome. just to make them happy. Can you please, for me, just give a special shout-out to Rossi and Kristen to say that they're awesome as well? Oh, my God. Rocky and Kristen, thank you so much for the support. You guys are awesome. Love you. And hopefully I can come back and make you laugh again soon. <laughs> well, 
she absolutely dominated this season. Maybe not the way she expected to, but in a way that many of the fans absolutely love watching. I do, of course, speak of the runner-up of Survivor, Winners at War, the one, the only, Miss Natalie Anderson. Natalie, welcome back to the Oz Network. It's a pleasure to have you here again today. Hi, Ben. How's it going? Thank you so much. It is uh, It is going well. I, I can imagine for you, though, it's going a little bit better. I, I don't know if you got some sleep today. I can't imagine the last 12 or so months have been uh, very good uh, waiting for this all to, to play out. And now that it's finally over, you, you might be able to get, catch some shut-eye. Yeah, the last, like, 10 hours, 12 hours have been crazy. Um, I have been dreading slash anticipating this episode because I know it has some of my best freaking moments and things that I can be really proud of. But also, like, this, like, you know, cloud at the end that I was kind of dreading. Uh, I think over the last year, I've gone through the emotions of possibly winning, possibly losing, thinking like, of course I won, of course I didn't win. And uh, it was nice to have some closure, but yeah, it's been a crazy, uh, it was a crazy episode and I'm uh, still trying to, trying to digest everything. You had really one of the most unique journeys ever to, to the final three from obviously being voted out first, surviving the edge, and, and then coming back in. I mean, a lot of people are just fascinated by your, your will and your desire, Natalie, I mean, on edge and through everything to get towards the end. I mean, I mean, how how did you do it? How were you able to stay focused from day two right through to day 39, get four votes to nearly win another, another season of Survivor? I mean, it's an absolutely incredible journey that you had. Yeah, you know, sometimes I just don't appreciate my own grit and my own willpower. I think I'm my harshest critic. And, you know, I was talking to my friend and I was like, yeah, dude, like second place is first loser. And she's like, are you serious? Like, can you not appreciate like what you did on the beach and what your journey was? And, you know, I guess it's that kind of mentality, like all or nothing that kind of kept me going out there. Uh, it seemed impossible, but even when it seemed impossible out there, I would tell myself, like, Natalie, it's possible. Like, that shot is yours, and you're going against some amazing people out here, but why give up hope when there's a shot of getting back in? Um, sometimes I just don't even know where I pulled that kind of grit and determination. Like, it's so weird. It just comes on, and then once it's on, there's, like, literally no pumping the brakes on me. You, you need to find that secret. You could bottle it. You can market it. And then who knows? You could have the Natalie Anderson range of, oh of grit and determination out there. So then I can make Tony's $2 million. Yeah, exactly. You can make more than $2 <laughs> Make $4 million. Why not? Then you can really rub it in Tony's face. Go on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a perfect way of looking at it. But, I mean, were you at the end there, you got four votes. Were you thinking you were going to get more, less? I mean, kind of how did you think it was all going to play out? I definitely thought I got more votes. I think leaving Tribal Council like a year ago, I I thought that it would be pretty close, especially the way the jury was acting. They were really acting like this was a huge decision between me and Tony. And I think um, I was way more confident when I left immediately because I thought 10 people, there was no way they would vote for anybody but me. And then as the weeks, months, and then once it came to a year, I had heard from people, I talked to people, I realized that people, the way they were interacting with me post-game, that there's no way somebody would vote for me and then um, have this kind of, like, you know, built-up tension, and uh, you could tell that people were salty. And so I 
as the year progressed, I, my hope of winning kind of slowly uh, dissolved. Uh, but I still thought I got more votes. I cannot believe that like Danny and Amber didn't vote for me. <laughs> but I also think the best people on the jury voted for me. So like if Tyson, uh, Ethan, Park, and Jeremy voted for me, I almost feel like their votes count more than some of the other people on the jury, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> if only they counted for, for double or, or something along those lines. Did, did you send Danny and Amber a Seriously, sneaky like, little message going, hey guys, what, what's the deal here? No, I'm letting it digest. I would definitely reach out because I've had I've had really I have relationships with Kim and Sophie, and I've talked about it. And you know, it's a super adult, and like we're still friends. But I think there's something weird about the Danny and Amber role that I um I if they haven't reached out to me by now, like uh, obviously uh, it's something that I don't want to really get into right now. But yeah, it's just really bizarre. How much influence do you take from Chris on, on Edge of Extinction? Because obviously, you know, he got to the end like you. He obviously ended up winning. But, I mean, can you take an influence from somebody like Chris, given that he went through a very similar situation like you did this time around? Yeah, so I watched Chris, Chris's season, like, literally the uh, finale, right, before we were leaving, and... Um, I mean, I, I didn't want to be compared to Chris, and I think that one of the reasons I didn't make fire is that I just didn't want to do pull an underwood for the sake of pulling an underwood. I think that it influenced me, but at the same time, I was very conscious that I just didn't want to have the same exact path that, that underwood took, because not only would that be just kind of just like underwhelming, like, oh, here goes same exact story. It would have been epic in some ways, but at the same time, I feel like if I did it, people would have been like, oh, she just did it because Chris did it. So it was a tricky kind of situation to play for for it, which I don't even understand, uh, because I thought it was awesome what he did. Um, so it was definitely in the back of my mind, but I, I tried to let it just not affect the way I uh, made my decisions towards the end. I also did a very, it was a very different extinction game our season, and was on the edge for way longer, so... Uh, we were same, but also different. Was it surprising then that Rob seemed to hold that against you, that you didn't do what Chris did, sort of give up your immunity to battle fire against Tony? Yeah, it was it was weird because he had said before I went out to the beach that if you may, if any of us from the edge made it to the end, we ha- we in quotes played a, would have to play a perfect game. He did not put the stipulation that you had to make fire. He said. If you made it to the end, from the edge, uh, that you would have to play a perfect game to make it to the end. He did not have that real stipulation. So I think there was some underlining thing I must have done at the edge to make him feel like I didn't deserve his vote. Um, it was weird for me because I never thought that people would look at how hard I worked at the edge and how much I grinded to get out of there. I didn't think anybody would hold it against me. I think my aggressive gameplay would be something that they would admire. And even though they all wanted to get in, uh, appreciate the fact that I was able to do it and not only take a spot of theirs, at least I made it to the end and I didn't get voted off. You know? <laughs> so I was really surprised. There, there's something about the Anderson twins, isn't there? The twinnies when it comes to Survivor. You're either a first boot, you make it to the end. In the case of you, you're yeah. both this season. Yeah. So is Nadia now itching at the bit to kind of go out there herself for a second time so she can make it to the end and hopefully not do the whole first boot thing and just get to the end this time around? Yeah, it's not only a survivor. On Amazing Race, our first season, we went basically all the way to the end. We were slaying the entire season. And then second season, we were first 
boot as well. So <laughs> it's like first all or nothing kind of uh, theme has been with me my entire uh, reality TV life. But um, I was happy, like I was a bookend story my first season with Nadia and I was a bookend story this season. So I don't know, we're just like a really epic kind of all or nothing situation uh, with the Anderson twins. Do you, do you have a third time in you, Natalie? Do you, do you think you're going to go back out there and uh, give it another crack if the opportunity ever presents itself? Yeah. You know what? If I won the season, I would have been able to retire from my survivor uh, career, but not winning and kind of having this epic season. But still, there's a small pit in my stomach from the ending. If survivor comes knocking, I am definitely answering. Uh, you know, it's really hard to mix and match players now. I think the only season that we could possibly do is like a winner is a fans versus favorites. So that you already know that people coming in who know each other are going to stick together and it's kind of assumed. Uh, the pre-alliance thing is a really weird way to try and cast, but Survivor can come up with something that we can, uh, we can play off that theme and, uh, you know, rock it out. And before I let you go, Natalie, uh, I'm a huge, huge Samoan Del Sur fan. I'm a massive advocate for your season that you won. Yay. Do you uh, get many messages from from Jacqueline, Missy, who obviously are now going, "Hey, so now you know how it feels to uh, to lose at the end," or any sort of fun little messages like that? Yeah, I mean, like thank God, my first season, even though I won and I was like, like you know, cutthroat as I was, everybody appreciated my gameplay, which is so surprising because you would think that. This season, veterans will be able to appreciate that same kind of gameplay. Uh, all my old San Juan del Sur people, they're so proud of me. All of them texted me to send me their love and tell, them that, tell me that they're so proud that I represented our season well. And I was so reckless with those guys. And it was all due jury and they all voted for me. Um, I just don't. Um, so nobody like, saw the season, uh, you know, these vets and uh our winners and walkouts need to get with the program. Fantastic. Well, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you back here, Natalie. Uh, congratulations on a fantastic season, and we hope to see you again for a third time so you can seek that revenge and, and get that second win under your belt. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've heard from third place. You've heard from second place. It's time to hear from the winner of Winners at War. You don't even need me to introduce him any more than simply say his name is Tony. He's a two-time winner of Survivor and he's back on the show today. Tony, mate, welcome back to the show and a huge congratulations. Thank you so much, Ben. Thank you. It's an absolute honour to have you back, but uh, obviously for yourself, uh, the last 24 hours, I can imagine, has been a complete whirlwind from waiting to watch the episode, to see the announcement, and today dealing with the fact that you are a two-time winner of Survivor. I guess you're not quite sick of hearing that yet. No, no, and it's been a whole year I've been waiting for this moment to see those votes come out officially. So, you know, I'm on social media watching all these players that played in season 40 talk to each other and, and having great uh, conversations online. And I'm saying to myself, oh, my God, did they vote for each other? Or what's going on here? And I was nervous for a whole year. So last night was the closure to it all. I can imagine. And was this time a little bit harder having to, to wait to see the votes given the, the, the type of season this was? Or was it kind of on the same level as that, that wait the first time that you won? Um, no, I think th this time I think it was a little bit better because there was a lot more jurors, so I had a much better chance of getting more votes um, from a 16-person jury, you know, than it was from a 9-person jury. So I felt a little bit better on this time around than I did my first time, especially the first time when I was really ruthless with the blind side, 
blindsided my own friends and my alliance members. This time it wasn't so much like that, and this time I played with winners, which had to do the same thing. They had to blindside somebody, they had to lie to somebody and deceive somebody in their seasons in order for them to win. So this time they knew exactly what it's like and they was expected. So that's why there wasn't going to be any bad blood this time. And do, do you feel that that also helped the t- style of gameplay you were made famous for, of course, in Kagayan? I mean, in Game Changers, you, you sort of went in there, uh, big target on your head and obviously went out second time around. But this time, as you said at the very beginning, you sort of were trying to do a bit of a balance between both games and eventually you, you got th- right through to the end on sort of a similar style that you played the first time. So playing with winners obviously seemed to help you at the end as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the second time, I didn't take the game serious. Once I saw I was one of three winners on a season of 17 non-winners, I didn't take the game serious at all. I knew I didn't have a chance. So I didn't even want to put the effort into trying to play a good game the second time around. Um, the third time around, playing with all winners, I knew I had a great chance, especially when there was a lot of big targets in this game, a lot of great epic winners. Um, I knew I had a, had a really good chance, so I took it very serious and... Uh, I did what I had to do. I was patient in the beginning. I was uh, quiet. I was I was staying under the radar as long as I could and waiting for my right time to strike. Was it surprising that you were able to maintain that? I mean, you didn't get a single vote all game, and a lot of people talked you up pre-game as somebody who's going to have a huge target on you straight away, but you managed to, as you just said, stay under the radar for quite some time. I mean, did that surprise you you were able to pull that off? Yeah, it did surprise me, uh, but the, the key to that was uh, making a conscious effort to remind myself to stay calm and to stay patient. Um, and if I didn't do that, if I didn't constantly remind myself, I would have got lost in the game, I would have got lost in the moment, and I would have went back to my old antics. So I, I deliberately made myself remind myself, Tony, stay in line, stay in line. Don't don't stay in your lane, do not cross the lane, just stay there, just wait, just wait, just wait. I would constantly say that to myself throughout the whole first half of the game. And that was the only way I could have stayed in check. Because believe me, the second I, my mind would have, would, have, would have zoned off, I would have went right back into my old antics because I could not hold back as much as I could if I didn't remind myself. And this is what amazes me about your, your time winning this time around because I remember you talking about that at length, about how you, you lived that game 24-7 in Kagayan. You mentioned it in the finale as well. And the fact that you're able to tone that down. I mean, be honest with us, Tony. Did, did you end up taking up some yoga or something before this game to kind of really get that mindset? Because you, you're, always, you're always energetic. You're always out there. I, I kind of find it hard to see you calming yourself down. What, what's the secret to doing that? You know what it was? It also, uh, you know, they didn't show it on TV, obviously, uh, too much to show. But every single night, I would go out into the jungle. I would build fires in the jungle, and I would look for idols every single night. I would go back to the shelter right as soon as the sun starts to come out. I did that every night. So I was, I was exerting all my energy at night while everybody was sleeping, and they had no idea. So that's what helped me out, too, because during the day, I was, I was like, so tired, I was just, nice and calm, you know, but when it came time for strategy, I would kick it back on. I would get a second win, and I would just, you know, put the, you know, the gas pedal to the metal. And I'm sure building some ladders every now and then to go up into some trees also helps, right? I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> is that something you, you're getting sort of ladder companies contacting you now, Tony, wanting you to be a spokesperson for them or something after that? Oh, yeah, you know, you know, all the ladder companies are reaching out for me. They're like, hey, Tony, how did you design something so bad and it still works? 
<laughs> they want to know. They want to know what the secret to that is. Yeah. And I told them, I said, you know what? That was a one-of-a-kind ladder that can never be done again. But honestly, <laughs> that ladder, I was so scared. I didn't know it wasn't going to work. But I had to climb up on it to make the players believe that I really thought I did the job with the ladder. So they could look at me and say, this guy, there's something wrong with him if you really think that's a great ladder. Because I was scared to climb up that ladder because I knew it was garbage. So I had to do it just to show them, show them, like, you know, hey, listen, this guy really believed that he made that ladder really good. And that was the only way I could prove that I was, you know, I wanted to trick them into thinking that's how I thought. I, you know, so they could just say, this guy is something wrong with him. And it works, you know, that, that disarms people when they think that you're, you know, when they think you're just a, a nut job. Yeah, well, I mean, it works. I mean, you, you, you walked away with another victory. So, I mean, it kind of all, it all plays into the plan there. And, and, and it's also the relationship that you have with Sarah. It's such a fascinating dynamic. And it's kind of an interesting stat to think that all three seasons you guys have played, you've played together. Every single time you guys are on a season, one of you win. I mean, it's it's just an incredible dynamic, the likes that we've never seen before in, in Survivor. Are, are you surprised that she was so quick to be able to work with you? Was was there a lot more discussion about her trusting you after what you did to her in Cagayan that perhaps we didn't get to see? You know, what happened in Cagayan, I went into the game, um, and these people were total strangers to me. Uh, Sarah, when she first went in there, she was a little bit more innocent than I was. She was uh, She took the outside life into the game more than I did. And when she, and after Kajan, she realized, listen, Tony won this game because he didn't, he didn't confuse real life with the game. He knew what the game was. He knew what real life was. And she accepted that fact. And she went back the second time and she did exactly what I did my first time. And that's turned that switch off from gameplay to real life. So, and you know, we bonded over the years. You know, we don't talk to each other every day. Maybe we talk to each other once a month or once every three months or something. But we knew if we ever got to play again that we should stay true to each other. And I give her my word in real life that I would never turn my back on her. And from that, you know, from that day on, six years ago, we, we, we stayed true to each other, you know. And I knew coming into this game, I would never turn my back on her. It was just a, such a genuine, real bond from outside the game that there was no way I would turn my back on her at this game. Given that she learnt from you so much in Cagayan and won her second time around, can you kind of almost think that you're almost a three-time winner then because kind of she sort of took some of the Tony Vlackoff style to, to win game changes? Yeah, I mean, she did She did say she credited me for that. She said she watched how I played in Kazayan and she seen how, you know, how I was navigating the game with my lies and my blind sides and mm. my social skills to get people to trust me. And she did exactly that, but she, I think she did it much better than me <laughs> in game changers. So, you know, so this time, and we said it in the season two, we said, okay, so you won one, I won one, okay, this is a tiebreaker. Let's make it to final three and let the best cop win. And uh, unfortunately, because of the twist of the game, you know, we had a match of extinction person come in. We didn't get a chance to sit at the final three. We were, you know, uh, Natalie put us up against each other to make the fire. And, uh, you know, it was heartbreaking for me, but at the same time, it's what caused me to win the game. So, you know, it was bittersweet for me. Was it a shock to you that she decided to to vote out Ben and, and maybe prevent more of that opportunity for you guys to battle each other at the final Tribal Council? Yeah, you know, I, 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 I was totally blindsided by the Ben vote. That was the first time in my survival career that I didn't know which way the votes were going. I mean, from day one on Kagayan to day 38 on, on this season, 
I was always aware of the votes. I was either driving the votes or I was fully aware of which way the votes were going. And the Ben was Ben vote was the only one that I was blindsided by. So I had no idea why she did that or uh, what her gameplay was because I was left out of it. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I believe. And you know, a part of it too was when I was telling them, when I was telling Sal and Ben, let's just split the votes just to play it safe in case Natalie has an idol. Let's just split the votes. And Ben, more than Sarah, was so adamant. We're not splitting the votes. I don't want to split the votes. I know she doesn't have an idol. He went also, it didn't make him yet. But he also, at one point, he says, you know what? I'm willing to take my chance and I don't have a problem going home if I'm wrong. And he even said it like that. So I think part of it also was him regretting of how bad of a, of a decision he made with that. So when I won that final immunity on the five, final five, I guess Ben just, he just said, you know what? You know, I messed this, I messed this up for myself by not, by not doing this vote split and using my idol. And at that point, I think he was just, you know, came to the senses saying, you know what, I'm ready to go. Do you think that you would have had as many votes for you had you been sitting next to Sarah at the end? Do you think it would have been a close vote and you still could have won? Oh, yeah. No, if I was at the end with Sarah, I, I, I would have been a little nervous. Um, I think, I mean, Sarah, Sarah is brilliant at what she does. She's a very great social player. So I think the, the votes could have been split between us two. It could have been maybe six votes for me, six votes for her. And then the remaining votes that went to somebody else, I'm not sure how it would have played out, but I would have definitely been much more nervous sitting at the end with Cyber, but I didn't care. I didn't mind it. I was willing to do that. Before we let you go, Tony, um, I've seen on social media a lot this season, you and Sarah, you've got the Cops Are Us t-shirts. They're looking fantastic out there. But the, the Team Tony shirts that your family were wearing on uh, on the reunion last night, uh, you've got a lot of fans asking about those to us uh, for listener questions. Is that something that you think you can get out there, get this Team Tony going out there to show off the new king of Survivor? Oh, sure, I can do that. I, these shirts that we did, we did them right at the same day in the morning. Uh, we just came up with the idea, oh, let's just do something. Because my wife was like, oh, do I take this up? But I feel silly being all dressed up in my living room wearing heels and a And I told her, let's just wear a T-shirt. So then we just decided to print out some Team Tony T-shirts, and that's the thing we went to. But yeah, if the, uh, you know, if it's due to popular demand, people want them, I'll, I'll provide what they want, you know? I'll give them what they want. Fantastic. Tony, well, mate, it's been a pleasure to have you back on here. Many, many congratulations once again. And from everyone on this side of the world, welcome to the club of two-time winners and all hail the new king of Survivor. (laughs) Thank you so much. Very much. Thank you. There we have it, the final three from Survivor, Winners at War, an absolute pleasure to speak to all three of them. A big thanks to CBS for organising that, as well as Channel 9, I should say, for helping us get the final three. We we obviously wanted to push for whatever coverage we could of this season, made it a little bit tricky for exit interviews when you've got people living on the edge, but uh, we obviously appreciate the honour of being able to do that right at the very end. Adds now to Heroes, Healers, Hustlers and Someone Del Sur as other seasons that we've been lucky enough to have exit interviews with. So uh, very much uh, thank you to CBS and Channel 9 for hooking that up. For us today. Tonight, I am going to be sitting down, however, and recording one epic finale recap. We are going to be having a special Survivor Marquesas reunion. Now, just a quick little background here because I might sort of go into a bit more detail this evening. John Carroll. Obviously one of our very, very good friends here on the show. We always get him on as a recapper whenever we do Survivor recaps and we've been in touch with him all season. You know, hey, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. And he gave the sort of 
idea that, hey, well, how about we say something to the finale and we can maybe get a few of the cast together and we can do something special. Okay, great, sounds good. Everyone's doing it now. It's it's Zoom. It's, it's the trend now. All the kids are on board with it, so let, let's get into it. And... John organised it all. John got a few of them all together. It looked good. It looked like we we're going to have like four or five on the show. Then it turned into six. And then at the time of recording this, we have 11 people from Survivor Marquesas lined up joining us this evening. More than half the cast, including, can I just say, two people that never appeared on Survivor Oz. We interviewed 13 of the 16 cast members from Survivor Marquesas. Three of them escaped our clutches, but two of those will be on the show tonight if all things go to plan. So we will be recording this this evening and hoping to release it this evening. If it doesn't get released this evening, we will be dropping it tomorrow. But as of now, as of right now, the moment that I am recording my voice, I can tell you that joining me, or at least planning to join me on the line tonight, we have Peter, we have Sarah, we have Gina, we have Boston Rob, John, Tammy, The General, Sean, Kathy, Nalia, and of course the season's winner, Vesepia. That is what is planned right now. We hope that all of that plan stick to it. There might be more. There might be less. We don't know as of what is going to happen this evening, of course. But, of course, we're very excited for all of them to be joining us should that go ahead. So if you're listening to this, you've maybe got like an hour or so, if you're listening to this basically as soon as I've dropped it, to get a listener question in. We probably won't get a chance to get to all of them. I'm going to imagine it's going to be a fun opportunity to chat to everyone. So we will ask whatever questions we can in this short space of time that we will have. But uh, very, very, very exciting to be able to do this this evening. We have previously done a kind of mini reunion uh, several years ago. And funnily enough, that actually also was a uh, finale recap. That was way back in Samoan Delsa, interestingly enough, when we did a sort of mini Thailand reunion. We had a quarter of the cast on with Brian, Clay, Helen, and Tanya joining us for that episode. So uh, we hope that this will be on a similar level of how exciting that was. And, of course, you will have to stay tuned to find out uh, just how well it turns out. And I'm very excited to be able to host that opportunity this evening so stay tuned big thanks again though to tony to michelle to natalie for joining us and again as i said to cbs and to channel 9 for hooking that up we'll be back for one more winners at war episode at least we might come back and do some more who knows we did enough in the preview let's do some review episodes let's really keep it talking moving forward because plenty to digest and we don't even really know what's happening with survivor in the coming months we know there's going to be a season 41 we know 16 and 17 year olds can apparently play now But we don't even know what the season is. This is the first. We have no idea what the next season of Survivor will be. So we'll have to keep our eyes peeled for that. Thanks for tuning in. My name's Ben, and we'll speak to you next time on the Oz Network. Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the oznetwork.net. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.